All right. Welcome, critical thinkers, to this new episode of the Healthy and Awake podcast. Today, we're talking about one of my absolute favorite topics to discuss toxic exposure. And it's one of my favorites because a lot of people don't talk about it, don't like to talk about it. It can be overwhelming. And quite honestly, a lot of people would rather think about the things that they have full awareness of. Like most people know diet and exercise is what I should do for my health. And those things that I can't see, the toxic exposures, let's just forget about it. And that's unfortunate because this is very important to talk about as it relates to health. And let's get into it. All right, things are still fresh and new here at the Healthy and Awake podcast. Still getting everything straightened out. Uh, I just upgraded my internet. So the broadcast, the live broadcast should be a little more clear. Last time the video was a little choppy. I had a whole section of one of my podcasts uh, cut out, the audio cut out. And as a perfectionist, it drives me crazy. So just rest assured that if you are into the show, that I am working actively on fixing everything. And what's driving me nuts today are the little noises every time I move around on my seat. I don't know if you can hear that. That's driving me crazy. I can't lean on the table because this is still a rudimentary setup for the first. I mean, we're only on, uh, we're not even on episode 10 yet. So uh, I'm okay with that for now, as long as you can still get the message. That's really, I think, what's most important for now. Now, I did say today we're talking about toxic exposure. I, this is such a weird subject because I work with a lot of people on a daily basis. And this is one that either a lot of people just don't have tons of awareness around. There are other people who they really get it. Like they, they figure out one thing like, oh, the soap has poison in it, basically. Well, let me go ahead and explore everything else. Uh, so there are some people that really get this. And then there are other people that kind of understand that there are multiple sources of toxic exposure that uh, we're exposed to every day. Uh, but there are some guys in particular that almost take pride in being exposed to some of these things, like real boneheaded. It, it's even past intellectual laziness. I mean, it's stupidity to invite toxic exposure into your life like knowing that it's going to harm you. And I'm not talking about cigarettes and alcohol. Like everybody knows that, that you shouldn't do that. Uh, at least for some like alcohol, you shouldn't do in excess. But I mean, I know people who maybe fix cars or they work with their hands or uh, certain chemicals and they don't take common sense safety precautions so that they are not harming themselves. I mean, that's, you're free to do what you want with your health. I can't tell you what to do. Um, but it's a type of delusional thinking to say like, oh yeah, I know this is going to harm me, but I'm a guy who cares. Let me just not ventilate the room when I should. Drives me crazy. Um, but I'm not here to tell people what to do. Like I said, I'm just here to help create awareness around these things so you can decide what you want to do for yourself. As stupid as I think it is to say, hey, let me not vent the room and, and allow this car, the, these chemicals to 
uh, poison my lungs. Basically, I've been around that and I, I get the hell out of there as quickly as possible. People like that in those types of situations. Um, but, but we're here to find the hidden sources, the ones that maybe are not so obvious, the things that we can do things about. And part of the reason this is so tough to discuss is because there's so much propaganda around this sort, this, this topic, this sort of thing. Really um, industrial propaganda, if you want to call it that, because you have to ask the question, right? There is this mentality around, let's say, pesticides in the food. There, there are corporate apologists who immediately, without any critical thought, are perfectly willing to defend these corporations and say, stop talking about the pesticides. I'm not going to spend my money on organic food. The whole thing's a scam. Pesticides are fine for you. And you hear that a lot from people, almost like they're not thinking about it. They're just regurgitating certain talking points. And you have to wonder, like, where does that come from? I would guess, speculatively, that those are the result of propaganda, corporate propaganda. Because nobody who actually examines the evidence and who, who thinks about this thing with common sense, like pesticides for specific example here, nobody examines this with a critical scientific mindset and comes to the conclusion, oh, I'm, these pesticides are totally fine for human consumption. No reasonable person comes to that conclusion. So it really makes you think when you find people who express with 100% certainty that things like pesticides or plastic water bottles or uh, other sources of toxic, toxic exposure are totally fine for you. How could you even question these things? Get out of here, Mike. It's really delusional, actually. Um, and I, the only explanation that I have is that people are reciting propaganda. Because where else would these things come from? Maybe the companies who want to continue selling these things to you or just not have to make financial changes to use higher quality ingredients or chemicals or something like that. Of course, they're going to use the lowest quality stuff that they can get away with and then just spew propaganda in order to justify using these sorts of things. And it seems like there are people who are perfectly willing to parrot the propaganda talking points in defense of these chemicals that we know are harmful. And maybe it would be a little more helpful if I get specific, because right now I've only basically said uh, pesticides. And that's what this episode is going to do. Uh, we're going to get into some of the biggest offenders around health when it comes to hidden sources of toxic exposure. And first, let me say this book or this not book, this episode is heavily based on a book called Estrogeneration. And it's a really good book, uh, especially for men, because if you look around in society, um, even beyond just what you can see with your eyes, if you actually look at the data and the numbers and the statistics, testosterone is falling and fertility is plummeting as well. And those should be concerning to people who are observant about these sorts of things, for people who care about the future and the health of our society. These are important things to talk about. Testosterone falling, fertility falling. What the hell is going on there? And why aren't more people asking questions about this? So, you know, I'm not claiming here to have the correct one and only answer. I don't know if there is one and only correct answer. But what we can do is we can look at the things that we know without a doubt are affecting these variables of testosterone and fertility, uh, as well as just general health. So you could look at some of the things, maybe you've noticed if, if you're at the grocery store and you see some bottles, some of them say BPA-free. So BPA 
is a type of endocrine disruptor that comes from plastic that nobody seems to care about. Um, nobody is paying attention to this. And the evidence is the fact that everybody is still drinking water bottles, drinking out of soda cans, heating food in plastic containers, putting hot food on the plastic plates or plastic lined plates. So I realize that this is a culturally accepted thing to just use very low quality products. Like you can basically buy it at the dollar store or Walmart. These things are really they're cheap. They're good for, you know, big sporting event parties types of things. Um, but all of this stuff has plastic, which is a petroleum-based product, which we know leaches BPA, which is that endocrine disruptor that I just mentioned. Now you might be thinking to yourself, fine, I'll just buy BPA-free plastic. Well, okay, it likely has BPS instead, which is actually more harmful. Um, I mean, so when you notice that sort of pattern that companies are saying, oh yeah, we're going to, we, we noticed that you don't like the harms of BPA, so we're going to remove it and it's BPA free only to find out that they're putting BPS in there instead, which is more harmful. That's a giant middle finger to you. You should be pissed off about this. These companies do not give a shit about your health. That should piss you off. So then what, what's next? Oh, it's not BPA. It's not BPS. It's the next one that's going to harm your health. Companies do this all the time. Look at it, Johnson & Johnson with their asbestos lawsuit. So I, I, I get really worked up, you can tell. And it's really, it's not as much worked up about the companies themselves that do this. I expect that from the companies. It's for really a decade I've been talking about this and people are so quick to dismiss it, to roll their eyes, to marginalize this type of thinking that we should for some reason just trust these companies to take care of our health we should trust them that they would never want to harm us or even not want to harm us. Maybe it doesn't have to do with want, but they don't care enough about your health where they can do things like this all the time and they don't worry about the slap on the wrist lawsuit that's coming after them where they pay maybe 1% of all the money that they made, right? So maybe they made $10 billion and they have to pay like pennies on that. So of course these companies don't care. Because on one hand, the regulations allow for this sort of thing in a way where it's not really a punishment. But then on the flip side of things, nobody's talking about it and nobody seems to care. So this is going to keep happening unless you get angry. It's like if somebody was punching me in the face repeatedly and that was causing damage and it's annoying, say, hey, this has got to stop. But what these companies are doing and, and again, I realize I'm speaking very generally here, but we are going to get more specific. These companies are doing a type of, I know this sounds a little conspiratorial, but you can think of this as like death by a thousand cuts, a slow kill. Look around the country, see how many people are sick, ill, mystery illnesses that we can't figure out. I'm not saying that these toxic chemicals are the one and only source of all of our health problems. There's a lot to it. It's a very complex subject. But I don't see as health coaches how we can continue to talk about diet and exercise and all these things that everybody knows already without addressing the fact that we are being poisoned by companies. And when I say that, I want to be crystal clear. Some people will hear me say that. We are being poisoned by companies and they'll they'll assign a conspiratorial label to me and they'll go, Mike's the conspiracy theorist. He thinks the companies are sitting around figuring out in a coordinated way what poisons they can put into our products to poison people. 
if you're not listening carefully, that's what you'll hear. But that's not what I'm saying. I'm not saying it's some sort of necessarily, it could be, but I'm not saying it's a nefarious thing where they're sitting around and deliberately trying to poison us, although that wouldn't be unprecedented. What I am saying is that it's, if you look at the facts and the evidence and the reality of the world, it's clear to anybody who's being observant that these companies are harming us in many ways, that, that some of these companies are harming us in many different ways with chemicals that we can't exactly see, right? It's, it's very obvious for us to eat a candy bar and look at it and go, hey, this has a lot of sugar. This has artificial ingredients. This is not healthy for me. But it's not as easy to take a plastic water bottle and say, wow, this tastes like BPA endocrine disruptors. Maybe I should switch to glass. So as worked up as I am, I'm not trying to be mean or point fingers at anybody here. I understand how difficult this is, especially as overwhelming as something as this is with the food, the air, the water, the packaging and other miscellaneous forms of toxic exposure that we might be exposed to. Especially in a world where we already have a lack of sleep. Not all of us have access to the best foods, high stress, all these different things. So it's, it's just one more thing that we have to worry about. I get it. I really do. But consider that if you are putting effort towards your exercise and your diet or any other factors around health, you could be said to have like to be wasting your time if you're not also paying attention to these things. If your goal is to be healthy, maybe you want to remove the poisons from your life first. Or even if not first, eventually. So this is part of why testosterone is, is failing because these types of endocrine disruptor chemicals like BPA reduce sperm count, plummet testosterone. Even if you look at certain uh, foods like soy, this is another one that drives me nuts. Like there's clear research around soy showing that it takes a hit on men's testosterone. And there are plenty of people out there, young men who have no idea what they're talking about. Who are willing to defend soy like they're the soy spokesperson or something. I've been studying this for a long time. And um, it, it just drives me up a wall when somebody who's read absolutely no science, who knows nothing about health, tries to defend corporate talking points like, no, 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 soy and GMOs and pesticides, they're great for you. There's no, I look at me, I eat them all the time. And then you look at this person and, and most of the people spewing these propaganda talking points are not the pinnacle of health. I say that as respectfully as possible. So same thing with fertility, plummeting. This is We're talking about exposure to endocrine disruptors. And so in case anybody doesn't know what that means, endocrine disruptors, your endocrine system is your hormone system. Just like you have a circulatory system, a cardiovascular system, a lymphatic system, you have all these systems in your body that work together to create health. So these systems have to be in working order for you to be healthy. It's not just like, oh, I ate a salad, I'm healthy. That's not how this works. You are doing a behavior like eating a salad, like exercising, like avoiding toxic exposures, and that is influencing the systems in your body in a way that when they are running smoothly, that is health. That's what health is. So if we're constantly inviting endocrine disruptors into our bodies, we're not healthy. Our endocrine, our, our endocrine system would not be functioning as optimally as it could be if we're constantly exposing ourselves to endocrine disruptors. 
So this is one of those things where awareness is the first step, but these types of toxic exposures are just about everywhere. And the good news is there are things that can be done about it that will make this a little bit less overwhelming, I promise. But first, let's get into some of the specific chemicals that most people have never heard of that have or are affecting your health. And generally, the best place I recommend to start is the bathroom, believe it or not. The bathroom, the soaps, toothpastes, shampoos, hand sanitizers, all of these products, many of them come from the pharmaceutical industry, which want to sell you pills to treat a certain ailment you might have. But nobody talks about a lot of these products that are sold by the same industry have chemicals in there that can harm you. So I'm not throwing out any conspiracy theories here. That's, you know, if you want to do that, that's up to you. But I'm stating an observable, objective fact that the pharmaceutical industry produces pharmaceuticals to treat certain ailments while simultaneously producing stuff like these bathroom products that have known carcinogens and known uh, things like triclosan, benzene, MIT, parabens. These things hurt your health quite significantly because you use them consistently over time. And that's when things really get dangerous. So I'm not saying that these pharmaceutical companies are deliberately putting things in there to make you sick so that they can sell you a pharmaceutical to treat that sickness. I'm not saying that. But I just find it worth thinking about because it's a little bit suspicious that, that they produce things that cause harm and also claim to treat harm. Just throwing that out there. So some of these chemicals that I mentioned, triclosan, commonly found in hand sanitizers and soaps, can disrupt hormones and harm aquatic life. You know, some of that aquatic life you might be eating if you eat fish or seafood. Benzene is another one that has supposed to have been out of products a long time ago. They, this is a banned one. And yet, they still find it in things like the sunscreen and other skincare products. Oops. Sorry, I, I know that we're not supposed to put this in there, but whoops. We found more benzene in there. Benzene can cause cancer and harm the immune system. Oh, my bad. I'm trying to like make this a little bit lighter by being sarcastic like this because it's actually infuriating to think that if you trust these companies a little bit, like, oh, okay, so... Uh, this company over here, they, they said they got rid of benzene, which is bad for you. I, I'm going to forget about the fact that I've been already applying sunscreen that has benzene for the past year. Who knows what harm that's done to my health. But they said they're going to get rid of it. Let me just forget about it and move on. Wait, what, what's that? They're still putting it in there even though they said they got rid of it? Oh, oh well, let me just carry on. <laughs> like. This is why these companies can get away with it because people don't get mad. They just, well, oh well, whatever. So benzene is one to watch out for if you use sunscreen. You could be applying a carcinogen to your skin, which the whole point of using sunscreen in the first place is supposedly to prevent skin cancer. Don't let these companies think for you, please. They're telling you, well, you need sunscreen. It is mandatory. Is it mandatory to apply cancer-causing benzene to your skin, too? 
If you trust companies to think for you about your health, you are going to be misled every single time. Because everything's an argument, right? They can say, oh, well, here's, here's my case. The sun can cause skin cancer. Therefore, I am going to sell you a product that can block the rays of the sun. That's my argument. So the result of that should be that you don't get skin cancer. And if you don't really contend with these arguments any further than that, you just take what these companies are saying at face value, not only are you failing to exercise your innate abilities to critical think and express skepticism, but you're also inviting a foreign actor, a company, to harm your health, potentially. So that's why I'm all about this is healthy and awake. It's not just about healthy, like, hey, let's talk about push-ups today. How boring is that? It's really about being awake because most people know the things that they should, they know at, on some level what they should be doing for their health. And so it's, it's just a waste of time when you're focusing on eating right and, and exercising while totally neglecting the fact that these companies are, are many of them are harming you in some ways. MIT is another one. This one's really long. I'm not even going to try to pronounce it if you want to look it up, MIT. Uh, it's found in many shampoos or lotions. This is another one that can disrupt hormones and harm aquatic life. Uh, I remember last time I saw this uh, was at, uh, it was on a bottle of head and shoulders shampoo. Parabens as well, which is the next one, is something you can find in many of these products. Parabens. Anytime, like look at the ingredients. First of all, half of them or more, you can't pronounce. They don't look like anything from earth. But if at the end of a word, you'll see like methylparaben, polyparaben, what, something like that. If you see paraben at the end, those are known cancers. So let's say you're in the, the, the Walmart or wherever looking at shampoos and you find one that has parabens on it. Look around at some of the other ones. You'll see like paraben free. This one has no parabens or no artificial ingredients. So they're already starting to cater to the market of people who are waking up to this sort of thing. But it's worth asking, like, you know, this is harmful. Why are you selling one that's not harmful and one over here that is harmful? And I have my theories about this. But again, I'm not here to tell you what to do. I'm just here to present information so you can think for yourself. I will say as a general rule of thumb, this is going to sound really bad, but I don't mean this bad at all. I'm trying to think of the, the, the most delicate way to say this. We, so one thing we can all agree on is that like rich people, really rich people, millionaires, let's say, have access to the best stuff. They're not quite as worried about some of these ingredients because they're buying all organic anyway. They're buying top quality. So using that logic that the rich people get the best of the best generally, it would follow that it's possible the poorest people get the worst stuff. So from that, you might say, okay, well, if it's easily accessible to poor people, or at least people who are not super rich, it's likely to cause harm, especially if there is an advertisement for it. So I, I don't want to go too much on that because I know that is controversial, but I'll, I'll, I'll leave that there. So when you think about these bathroom products, okay, my whole bathroom is toxic, basically. What the hell do I do about that? Throw everything away is what I would recommend. Uh, if you're hesitant about that and you would like a little more proof, there is an app called EWG. This is the Environmental Working Group. And they're an uh, independent group that analyzes a lot of these chemicals. 
and you can download this app, scan the barcodes on things in your house, and it'll pop up and tell you what some of these ingredients are, how harmful they might be, what the harms might be. And so that can create further a sense of awareness about some of the things that you're using. And I'll tell you what, if you buy your products at any of these major big box stores that most Americans shop at, you're very likely inviting toxic exposure into your life, especially in your bathroom. So I have no affiliation with any uh, products along these lines. I have, I'm not getting any kickbacks from companies, but there are two in particular that I like to, to go to. Number one is um, Cre uh, Christine's Clean Life. You can find that on Facebook. She's a personal friend. I highly recommend her stuff. And then if you are looking for more of the big box type stuff, uh, that would be Dr. Bronner's is the one that most people have heard of. That's not local. But of course, I recommend local. Help out the small businesses. Christine's Clean Life. I'll post a link for that in the show notes. So we talked about the bathroom. What else? Well, food, air, and water, unfortunately. All the things that we take in. So let's start with air. Air pollutants. I mean, we, this could take a full episode, but we're going to keep this short. Mold, dust, allergens, volatile organic compounds, brake dust. EMF, you could say, is in the air, but we're not going to get into that today. Electromagnetic frequency. So some of these are obvious. I don't think we need to go too much into like mold, fungus in the air, uh, allergens like pollen, stuff like that. We, we all know this. But what about volatile organic compounds? What's that? So those commonly referred to as VOCs are found in many household products. The number one that comes to mind for this is if you have a house that's been like the walls are painted. One thing that many people don't realize is that the paint over time slowly incrementally kind of leaks or chips out in little particulates and saturates the air. Candles, especially. Candles are worse than cigarettes. So these types of things saturate the air and then you're just breathing them in. It's like you're walking in a chamber of, of cigarette smoke and you might never realize it. So that's volatile organic compounds. Then if you live in a city, there's brake dust. If you have your windows open, all kinds of stuff. So this one, what's the answer to this? One is if you don't live in a city with lots of brake dust, open up your windows, cycle the air, get some fresh air. Get outside when you can. If that's not an option, or even if it is, and you still would like something else, a HEPA filter. So you can buy little tiny portable HEPA filters to keep in your work office, in your bedroom, or you can buy large ones that hook up to your entire house and, and filter the whole house. So there are options for all budgets. But it is important to pay attention to this because it is one of those things that we might not see but could be affecting our health. Like mesothelioma is, is one of them, right? That's How many ads have you seen about mesothelioma that, that's in the air? Can, and I know personally people who have been affected by that in, in a quite tragic way. So it is extremely important to think about these things. All right, that's air. What about water? Anybody who knows me personally knows that this is my biggest obsession probably on this topic around toxic exposure is, is water. Uh, for the longest time, I've only been drinking glass bottled sparkling Italian spring water, which I know I sound like a, an extreme snob just saying that sentence. 
Uh, but there's a reason for it. I'm not just trying to follow some kind of crowd. I decided this through uh, observing the scientific data on the harms of some of these chemicals that can come from plastic bottles. So first, spring water can be thought of as a type of naturally filtered water from the earth. I'm not trying to push that on anyone. Um, that's just my own preference. Same thing with the sparkling water. I just like, I like opening it up and, and knowing it's fresh. If it's bubbling, it's fresh. If it's not, well, then it's been sitting, it's stale. I don't want that. That's maybe a little OCD. That's fine. But then the glass is not leaching endocrine disruptors into your water. So really think about it. If you're drinking plastic water bottles, it, it's not like it's just like magically appeared and it's there completely untainted. That from the moment it's produced, like if you saw how these water bottle factories work, you start with like this little tiny piece of plastic that gets blown up into the water bottle size that it is. That process right from the beginning can add tons of chemicals into your water just by altering the bottle itself. So then they fill the water. Who knows what that water is, if, if, especially if you're talking for some of these giant companies. I'll try not to name them. But the most popular water bottle companies, they're not giving you like top quality, pristine, filtered water, unless it states it otherwise. No, if it's easily accessible, it's probably not the best for you. That's the rule of thumb. Okay, so we've covered that the bottle itself isn't good. We've covered that the water itself probably isn't good. What's going on past that? Well, let's say the case of water that's being loaded onto the truck before it even gets on the truck is sitting out there baking in the sun. Then it goes in the truck. It's baking in the truck. Then they pull it off the truck. It's cooking some more. And that's accelerating the rate at which these plastic, plastics leach into your water. You can tell I've had a lot of coffee today. But you're drinking plastic. And as an endocrine disruptor, the BPA and, and other chemicals as well, it can be estrogenic. And that's where I would recommend checking out that book, Estrogeneration. So, I mean, if you look around at society today, this is going to be dangerous to say, but <laughs> I'm not making any claims. I'm not being mean or conspiratorial by saying this, but look around at what's going on in society today while also considering the fact that plastic water bottles, which are used everywhere by everybody and we know that these water bottles can be estrogenic are there any patterns in society that we can see that might be an interesting connection okay so i'll leave it there in question form that's for you to figure out i'm not making any claims but you know some logic can be used there if, if all americans are drinking estrogenic chemicals in large quantities what kind of result is that going to produce I don't know. I, I'm just, just asking. So you do have to watch out for plastics and BPA, which by the way, I, I'm further ahead. I'm going to cover some of the hidden sources of plastic because it's not just plastic water bottles. Um, so that can make things a little more messy. And it's not only plastics either as endocrine disruptors. So if you're drinking municipal water straight out of the tap, you uh, you're likely drinking pharmaceuticals because wherever you live, you can download a report of the water quality in your area. One thing they do is if you know they have their levels of certain allowable chemicals in there. 
So let's say I, I, I can't give a specific example because it's different for every place. They measure different things. They state it differently. There's different levels. So let's say lead. I don't know what the numbers would be for something like lead. Let's say the maximum allowable uh, amount of lead is 1%. I don't know if, if that's what it would be, but let's say it's 1%. And they do a test of your water and they find it's 1.5. Uh-oh, what do we do? Are we going to tell them? Are we going to change the water? Are we going to spend money to clean this water? Nah, let's just make it 1.6. That's the new limit. So now we've met our standard. And this sorts of thing, uh, sort of thing happens all the time, especially there for food. There's a, a label called grass, generally recognized as safe. And so I'm going to oversimplify this a little bit. That's a whole process. But generally... It's like they'll test it very quickly on some animals or humans. And if it doesn't kill them, fine. It's generally recognized as safe. They're not looking at the long-term ingredients or the long-term uh, side effects of these things, rather. They don't care. They're just trying to get it to market and cover their ass with a label that says generally recognized as safe. So this sort of thing, this, this regulatory corruption happens all the time, which is why we shouldn't trust these companies, these regulators. Mike, who can we trust? I don't know, almost nobody. Like that question, who can we trust, comes from a place of intellectual laziness. It really does. I, I understand it. I, I, I have empathy for the people who just want to trust people to think for them. But that question, at its essence, who can we trust if I can't trust the regulators and the companies and the politicians and all these people to look out for me? No shit. You have to look out for yourself. You, you're the one that has to critically think. Nobody is going, like most people, when you really get down to things, are selfish. They only care about them and their world. That's the harsh reality of things. Yeah, okay, you have a friend, they care about you for a little bit, but how many friends have you had that you separate from and just you drift further apart over time? Most people, and I mean this on a deeply psychological level, only care about themselves. And especially if you get into a, a, a major company where you're the CEO and are you going to be doing like the most morally correct thing to protect these people buying your products? Maybe not. Maybe you care about the millions of dollars that are coming into your bank account more than you care about somebody with BPA in their water bottles because they don't seem to care either. It's like, why would, as a CEO, let's say I'm the CEO of Nestle and I know that these plastic water bottles are harming people's health. If they don't care, why should I? I mean, people keep buying it. People are drinking it by the case. I don't, why would I care? You don't either. So this is what I, this is part of what I mean when I say wake up. If you're sick of, of being sick and you're sick of having your, your health inexplicably hit in certain ways, why do I have this autoimmune condition? Why am I this? Why, why am I so sick all the time? Why? Maybe you're not asking the right questions. Maybe you need to care a little bit more. Maybe you need to not be so trusting of these companies. I think I've said this in every episode because I'm aware that I'm a very plainly spoken, direct, sometimes harsh, often worked up person. The reason I'm doing this show is to spread health and truth and positivity. So I don't mean to be to seem mean at all, but I guess this would what you could call like tough love. As a health coach, I help people with a lot of different things with their health. And some of these things are so obvious and like the elephant in the room that we're not talking about 
And it just, it's so boring many times to talk about, okay, how can we get you to eat better? When it's like, we should be talking about how you're being attacked from every angle with propaganda and toxic chemicals. What's the point of, of doing other little things with your health if we're never going to talk about these things? I'm not saying don't exercise, don't eat right. Of course, I'm not saying that. You should exercise, you should eat right. But it shouldn't be used to like pat yourself on the back like, I'm done here. I, I did some exercise. I ate a salad. I'm done. In a perfect world, that's how it could be. But we don't live in a perfect world. We actually live in a world where this is the reality. These toxic chemicals are everywhere. So I say this from a place of love and compassion. If I seem angry, it's not directed at my audience. It's not directed at the, the innocent victim who doesn't know any better. It's directed at these companies. Like, this is infuriating. Okay, so taking a step back, we're on the topic of water. We talked about plastics and BPAs and pharmaceuticals that are not filtered out of your water. So that's what I was saying. How you get your water report, they change the levels. Notice on all of these uh, water reports in your local area, they do not cover pharmaceuticals, which is a problem because if you look at the data, you'll see that SSRIs, antidepressants, birth control, benzodiazepines, all these chemicals get excreted out. Whatever it is doesn't get used in the body gets excreted out ends up in the water supply, ends up in your cup that you're drinking. These do not get filtered out. And I only mentioned a fraction of them. So either filter your water or get good quality water from a source that you can trust, which is easier, than, easier said than done, I realize. Phthalates is another one. I think that's how you say it because it's spelled P-H-T-H-A-L-A-T. Yes, I'm having trouble talking today. Please bear with me. It's from too much coffee, whereas the first episode I had not enough coffee. So I'm still working on finding the balance. But the word here is uh, phthalates, let's say. This is another one that is commonly found in uh, some food packaging. This can be lined, uh, just like BPA is lined in the plastic packaging. Phthalates is another one. Endocrine disruptor can disrupt hormones. Found in many personal care products, plastic products. And I'm realizing now another one that I didn't mention in the air is uh, fragrances. So I know people like their colognes and perfumes and their candles and their car air freshener and all these different things. Uh, they can be thought of as poison, unfortunately, if it smells really not natural. Even laundry detergents, uh, soaps that have fragrances. If you ever watch uh, walk past Oh, what's that store called? I forget what it's called. I probably shouldn't name it anyway. But if you're ever in the mall and you walk past, there's like this, it has all these fragrances and bathroom soaps and it just, it smells awful. You can feel it kick you in the lungs. I can't imagine working there. And I imagine that in a decade when, when people really catch on to these types of harms, maybe there's going to be lawsuits from the employees of these types of businesses because the fragrances are really estrogenic and they can disrupt your thyroid and your hormone function and that's no good all right what else we've covered let's see i'm going back in my notes here we covered why is testosterone and fertility plummeting we talked about how your bathroom is the biggest offender we talked about air and the different components in the air that can be harming you we talked about the water and all the different components in the water that could be harming you 
So now let's shift towards food. One of the most controversial topics on food is GMOs, genetically modified ingredients. And one of the stupidest arguments you'll hear in favor of GMOs is, we've been doing this for centuries. We've been genetically modifying these things for centuries. When you hear that, you know that somebody has no idea what they're talking about. They have not explored this anymore and that they're simply reciting corporate talking points. That's like a Bill Gates talking point. No, 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 we've been doing this already for a while. Like, of course, the people who are funding this are going to say that. But if you have a skeptical, critical mind and you try to explore this a little bit further, you'll see that that's not at all what's meant by genetically modified. And it's actually a, a, a mean trick to get you to think that you're, well, no, we've been genetically modifying things for hundreds of years. I'm doing the right thing and you're actually the idiot because you haven't thought. Please, let's just all listen to each other, have an open mind, but more importantly, have a critical, skeptical mind. Because that's not what's being talked about when people talk about GMOs, like the natural selection of, you know, uh, doing without any kind of scientific in intervention. You don't have to take this food into a laboratory. Yes, for, for centuries, people have been modifying the way that food grows by using natural organic practices, by manipulating the plant or the seeds in some way. Yeah, that's fine. What seems to be not fine, according to research and, and reports of all kinds, are bringing foods or seeds or DNA around foods into a laboratory and using some sort of complicated scientific intervention to modify the DNA of that food, specifically so that it can sustain higher levels of herbicides and pesticides. That's what GMO is. GMO isn't modifying the food to solve world hunger. Oh, they've been saying that for how long with Monsanto? Does world hunger look solved to you? Please think about this. This is not to solve world hunger. This is not to produce the best quality for you. This is to make them the most money. I mean, this is when, for a lot of people, this is when they woke up with March Against Monsanto. There's a reason that woke up a lot of people. Because we figured out that this company has created a system and a structure to make money by poisoning our food. Now, Monsanto is no longer a thing. It's been acquired or they merged with Bayer a pharmaceutical company that wants to sell you medicines for ailments you might be facing. Another possible contradiction. So GMOs and pesticides go hand in hand. This is not a, a fun, natural process to modify the food in a way that produces the best results and it's solve world hunger. Oh, don't be naive. This is about modifying the food to allow it to receive more pesticides and herbicides without the plant dying. So that means increasingly, as they increase these amounts of pesticides and herbicides, you are consuming more of them, which brings me to the next topic of pesticides and herbicides. Atrazine is one that is, uh, people don't like to talk about that a lot. Uh, when I, I can't even say the person's name who initially brought this up over 10 years ago. There's a very well-known person that people like to demonize who said, atrazine is an herbicide that is causing a lot of harm to our health and it's causing gender issues, okay? And I'm not here to talk about gender issues or any of that. 
But I can say, based on the science, if you actually look at the objective data and science and evidence, atrazine causes all kinds of hormonal fertility, gender issues. And, uh, you know, some people push back. I, I just can't even wrap my mind around somebody pushing back on that because the evidence is so abundantly clear. And this has been going on for so long. And so atrazine is one of many, right? Because the, the main one is actually uh, glyphosate, Agent Orange. That's the one that they put in foods. We know also from the research that that's really bad for you. They used it in war to kill people. And they also put it in our food. But Mike, they put a tiny bit in our food. Oh, okay, fine. Eat it. Go. I, I don't care. Go ahead and eat your pesticide food. It's only a tiny bit. But I'm actually going to choose to not eat the food that has the war chemicals, the, the chemicals that they use to kill people in war. I'm, I'm going to opt to not eat those foods. So it's up to you. And again, I, I, I'm getting worked up because of this intellectual laziness where it's like people, most people would claim to be open-minded. But really what they mean is like they have their ideas and they like them and that they just want you to believe what they believe. So when you hear this, like, no, GMOs are great and, and pesticides are harmless, that's inherently not open-minded, like when those people push back, right? Well, hey, can I, can I tell you why GMOs maybe not are, like, maybe they're not the best, maybe pesticides are harmful? No, I've made up my mind already. I mean, I've, I've done the research. Really, what kind of research have you done? I just, I saw it on an article. Oh, like a scientific article? Well, no, it was like on Business Insider. And Forbes. And I saw it on TV, on the news. Oh, uh, well, I must have it all wrong then. I'm, I'm totally sorry that I would tell you that pesticides are bad for your health. How wrong am I? It's a shame. Because, I mean, really, it just takes some open-mindedness, a critical mind, a skeptic, to say, well, maybe these companies that are making a lot of money off of the chemicals that are harming us Maybe they would lie and tell us that these things are good for us when they're not. Maybe that's possible. But a lot of people can't admit that because that would mean that they have been fooled. Well, wait a second. I trusted this company. It's, it's impossible that I misjudged the situation, so I'm going to keep eating my pesticide foods. When I talk about intellectual laziness, that's what I mean. And I'm not saying everybody's like that. Like, I'm getting mad right now at a very specific type of person, which, again, is not my audience. I mean, maybe some of you are like that. I don't know. But hopefully this, this wakes you up a bit. Um, and I'm not mad in a mean way either. I'm, I'm, I hope I'm being mad enough to get you mad, to wake up to this, to do something about it, to change your habits, to change your behavior, to change your shopping routine, to yell at these companies who deserve it. To vote with your dollar. So yeah, I am mad. I am worked up. And you should be too. Because if you're not, you're just going to keep putting up with it. You're, oh, who cares? Whatever. They lied to me? Oh, well, okay. If we keep putting up with this, they're going to keep doing it. So I keep getting distracted because I, I keep getting worked up. But we are almost done here. So some of the other things in food, I'll, I'll speed this up a little bit. We talked about GMOs. We talked about pesticides. Artificial ingredients. This is another one. Like, think about it. If we are a biological machine, 
does it make sense that we can invite non-biological things into our body without any negative repercussions at all? Does that make sense to you? Like if you put, if you have your Honda Civic out there in your driveway and you put diesel gas in it, even that won't work, right? So that like there are things that are designed for the machine to work. Somebody who's not critically thinking might think, well, yeah, it's a car. It takes gas. I could put diesel in there. Like that's the same lazy mentality that I'm, I'm talking about here when I get mad at these types of people who, who are more than willing to be corporate apologists for the people that are harming entire societies. So yeah, we, we should be mad at the companies, but a, a lot of, I, I really think in, on, you can make a case, let's say, you can make a case for being just as mad at the corporate apologists who allow this sort of thing to flourish. The people, it, it's not the people who don't know any better, right? Because some people are just innocent victims, whatever, that's fine. It's the people who could know better, but who choose to just spew and, and parrot propaganda talking points from corporations. I'll stop saying that. So artificial ingredients, antibiotics, hormones, that you could find some of that in the meat. If you don't know what it is, if you can't pronounce it, if you don't recognize it as a natural type of food, it's, it could be bad for your health. So when you look at a, a and, and nowadays some of these packages will say like, contains natural and artificial ingredients. Okay, well, probably you don't want that one. So we're talking like artificial colors, things that maybe you have just never heard of before, like carrageenan. There are some foods, especially now that people are waking up, where you look at the ingredients and it's refreshing. It's like, wow, first ingredient is like, like beef and there's spices in here and I don't see anything that I can't pronounce. This is the product for me. We're seeing more and more of that. So it is getting easier. And it will continue to get easier if we vote with our dollars for healthier things. Okay, so we covered food. Now I did mention earlier, I wanted to circle back on plastics because I mentioned water bottles, but that's not it. That's not the only place where plastic hides. So beyond the obvious ones like plastic water bottles, I did want to offer a quick list here of some of the places that plastic hides if you want to avoid these endocrine disruptors. Municipal water. So we, we already mentioned how pharmaceuticals can be in municipal water, but so can plastics. Foods. So there are certain foods, and you can look this up. There are certain foods like fish, for instance, that because they're just drinking all the water that they're swimming in, there's a lot of plastic in the water. So if you're eating certain foods, they can have plastic contamination, especially if it's something that is like wrapped in plastic or if it's wrapped in plastic and heated like rotisserie chicken which you'll see in the grocery store so foods can have plastic contaminations and actually last year i saw a statistic that said americans eat every year americans eat about a credit card's worth of plastic it's probably more than that now so that's not good for your health at all uh, packaged food lining. So this is actually for cans too. You might think, well, fine, I'm not going to drink plastic water bottles. I'll drink cans instead. Sorry to break it to you, but cans are all lined with plastic as well as any, like if you buy a cereal that's in a plastic bag, uh, plastics, not only have, like the, the cereal bags have other chemicals as well. Uh, I think it's BHT, which is a type of chemical preservative to keep the, the product good. 
If it's good for the product, perhaps it's bad for your health. That's another one, BHT. Coffee cups. This is an example of putting a heated food in plastic that accelerates the rate at which it leaches into your food. So if you have a paper coffee cup, it's lined with plastic. So as soon as you pour plastic uh, or you pour coffee into that coffee cup, you're getting a dose of plastic. So one solution to that might be bring a metal thermos whenever you go to your Starbucks. If you're hopefully you're not going to Starbucks, but if you are, we'll save coffee for another episode. Uh, restaurants, by far the biggest defender on just about everything. I've worked in a lot of restaurants. That's how I know this uh, throughout all my academic years, high school, college, master's degree. So I've seen firsthand the level of apathy that goes into making foods. And this is on all levels of restaurants, small mom and pop shops to like really nice. You have to dress nice to be there type restaurants. Now, they're, I'm not saying everything you ever eat at a restaurant is bad for you. I think you could actually make a case for that. But that's not what I'm saying. The way that food is prepared. Well, I, before I even say that, think about this. Restaurants are there to make money. They're a business. And their bottom line is already low. Let's say if they bring in $100, they make a profit of like $10. It's, it's pretty bad. It might even be less than that. And if you don't believe me, there's a great episode on Freakonomics Radio that covers this exact topic. And I've seen it firsthand. So let's forget about the lazy cooks that sometimes are there. They don't wash their hands. They're scratching their ass, making your food. They're coughing. Let's forget about that for a second. Let's say everybody's doing everything perfectly according to regulation. Well, the regulation is part of the problem. So I don't even know where to start here. Let's say the most egregious Example I can think of would be when they take a big pot of boiling soup and they pour it. So they want to cool it down. They have to put that big pot of soup into the walk-in cooler to cool it down. So they pour it in a big plastic bin. No, this one is safe. It's plastic safe. Oh, okay, fine. All right. Um, you know, some people would, would prefer to trust the terminology, well, it's this is safe plastic. It's not like that other one. Well, okay. If you want to believe that, that is your prerogative. I prefer to not have soup, boiling hot soup in plastic. And that goes for plastic utensils and you name it. So that's one that you'll see in restaurants. But I've also seen them wrapping, micro, uh, wrapping broccoli in plastic, putting it in the microwave. So they're microwaving plastic onto your broccoli. I've seen them cut corners with ingredients and, oh, there's mold on top of this. Let's just scrape it off and serve it. So, like, I'm not trying to scare you away from eating at a restaurant. Uh, we're humans. I eat at restaurants. But I'm hyper aware of where I'm eating. It's worth exploring. And I'm hyper aware of, like, what I'm eating, too. Like, I guess this is something that if you know some kitchen practices, it's easier. Um. But I mean, then you could even get into the oils that restaurants use. And so maybe we'll save that for another episode too, talking about restaurants and how they can be implicated in health. Because you go to a restaurant to enjoy the taste of the food and enjoy your company. You do not go to a restaurant for being healthy. Even the places that present themselves as health foods very often are not healthy. 
So I just want to make that clear for those who are healthy and awake and who are critical thinkers. The healthiest thing you can do for your food is to make it yourself, which I realize not everybody wants to do or that's not feasible for everybody. I'm just telling you the facts. If you want to eat all of the healthiest food, it has to be made by you. You have to scrutinize the ingredients because restaurants are there to entertain you and make money. They're not there to give you the best quality. Even the ones that say they are, are likely not. Keyword there is likely. Because I'm sure there are some restaurants out there who do focus on quality, and I'm sure they charge you an arm and a leg for that quality too. So I'm talking here to the average person eating at, at casual restaurants, right? We're not talking about uh, super elite restaurants. Okay, so I have a few more points. I know I, this has been a lot of doom and gloom. It can be overwhelming. Generally, when I talk about this topic to, to my clients, it, it does seem to be overwhelming. Uh, but at the same time, this is a fascinating topic for me, and I'm hoping that there are people like me out there who might hear this and be equally as fascinated and equally disturbed, because that's what I want the takeaway to be here. This isn't just me sharing information for fun. I'm hoping that you're as disturbed as I am that this is going on and that nobody seems to be talking about it or that nobody seems to care. So I think the answer to this problem on a societal level is we as individuals start to care because... When one at a time, each of us individually stop buying the shit food or whatever, things will start to change. So especially if, you, if you're telling other people about this stuff, like I am. All right. So long-term consequences of toxic exposure. The short answer here is that if you're exposing yourself to these foreign industrial chemicals, they're not good for health. And each chemical has a different effect. So I mentioned BPA as an endocrine disruptor tends to be estrogenic, meaning it is going to mess with your hormone system in a way that increases estrogen. And so you look around at men today taking testosterone. One, why do so many men need testosterone? And two, is that the right move considering what we've discussed in this episode? Perhaps the best answer is to remove all the sources of estrogen that you're funneling into your body before you even think about taking something like testosterone. We don't know the repercussions of simultaneously taking testosterone while washing down estrogenic chemicals in your water. We don't know the effects of that. So if you have certain health problems that you feel like you've tried everything and you can't figure it out, or even if not, even if you're just a, a living human being who discovered today that some of the things that you might be using could be harmful, stop using them because the long-term implications of this could be increased risk of cancer, developmental disorders. So if you're pregnant and you're using some of these products that could carry over into the next generation, or you might not even have that opportunity because some of these chemicals can lead to increased incidence of infertility as well as many other health problems like thyroid problems, for instance, which are ubiquitous in society. Half the people I know have a thyroid problem. Like, why? Why could that be? I'm not saying I have the answer either. I'm not, I'm not trying to be like, like I'm being clever and asking a question and, and really deep down I have the answer and I'm trying to trick you. Like, I, I'm honestly just asking a question here, right? We have all these health problems. People have thyroid problems and, and we seem very fixated on finding the answers, but I don't see a lot of people trying to find like beyond the solutions. Like what the hell is causing all this? 
And, and it's really suspicious to me when we haven't been asking those questions, like what exactly is causing all these increased rates of cancer and thyroid problems and gut problems and autism and all these different things. We're putting a lot of money and research into solving them without asking where they're coming from in the first place. So I do not know if these things are leading to them, but I do know that there is plenty of research to show links between some of these chemicals and clear health problems like BPA, for instance, like you can look at, at, at the problems. So I'm only saying this to be extra careful because people really do get on your case and like, I know for sure there's going to be somebody who gets in my case about GMOs and pesticides and all these different things because there's there's one every time. So I'm presenting this with, uh, what would be the word? Neutrality. Okay, I'm presenting this with neutrality. I am sharing with you what I know, what the research says, and I think I've been pretty clear about what's my opinion and what's not. The rest is up for you to determine. If you want to keep eating GMOs, that's that's your prerogative. I don't care. But neither does the government, it seems like, um, you know, because uh, the last thing we'll talk about here is try to find the, the most careful way. I have to do this a lot. Try to find the most careful way because I can be hyperbolic and extreme and I don't want to be misinterpreted. I'll tell you what I'm tempted to say is don't trust regulatory agencies to take care of you. And you know what? That's what I'm going to say. Don't trust regulatory agents, uh, agencies to take care of you. These agencies, which I will not mention by name, that are there to give you the illusion that you are being protected. Oh, we, you know, we, we're regulating the harms out of this. And don't worry, we got your back. I'm going to contradict myself. I said I wouldn't name any specifically. Let's talk about the FDA. How many medications that were approved by the FDA are retracted? Any takers? Anyone? It's around 50%. So that means that these companies or these institutions or organizations, uh, and there are a few of them, that are trusted by the people to protect you and, and create certain rules that prevent harm. There's all kinds of corruption or, or even just bullshit that they engage in that warrants extreme skepticism and an active lack of trust and that should how that's how it should always be when it comes to your health and your independence so hopefully that's one of the takeaways here get angry don't trust these agencies and the last thing is take action whether that's just being aware whether it's maybe you are aware maybe you want to tell people maybe you want to download that ewg app so you can see what's in your home not only eliminate the bad things, but seek out good things. And you know what? If you're not sure, comment wherever you're seeing this video or listening to it. Send me a message, comment here, anything, and tell me where you're stuck. What are some of the things that you were surprised by? Um, what, are you, what kind of products are you looking for now? So maybe you found out your soap is practically poison. Or maybe your food isn't the best. So what are you going to do instead? I'd love to hear your thoughts. Um, and just to wrap up here by plugging my own business, Red Pill Health and Wellness, uh, I have no sponsors. I am not compromising my integrity by plugging some kind of product that I don't believe in. 
everything that I do is with integrity. And that's why I've built my business, Red Pill Health and Wellness. Because like I've said before, I'm not just doing this because I'm bored and I want to have my own show and I think it'd be cool. That's not like I am on a mission to make the world a healthier and more truthful place. And I've been on this mission for a long time now. And now in order so I can reach more people, I'm doing it through this show. But this show only lasts, the business only lasts, the mission only lasts with your support. So if you do want to support the show or the business, feel free to like the video, comment, subscribe, share, all that good stuff. Or you can go to my website, redpillhealthandwellness.com or mikevera.com, V-E-R-A, goes to the same place. You can check out my products there. I have a few, but my signature health coaching program is called Red Pill Your Health, where the premium version of that program will actually uh, give you access to a live Q&A where it, well, first let me say, the program offers all the fundamental foundational information on health that you need to make more informed decisions. Because I find most people know what they need to do with their health. They have some idea, but there can be a lot of decisions to make, a lot of information to take in, a lot of research to do, uh, figuring out the right way to do it. And that can be paralyzing. It can prevent people from working on their health. So that's why I put together the Red Pill Your Health program. So it gives you all the information that I discuss with my clients during health coaching sessions. And it's just set up in a way where we don't need to waste time by on like one-on-one telling you information that can easily be shared through the program. So then you learn that information, you apply it to your life. When you have questions, if you get stuck, if you want to know more about a certain subject, or even if you want to just show up for fun and meet the group, meet the other participants in the program, or just talk with me, that's fine too. That's in the Red Pill Your Health Premium Program where you get access to either me or a live uh, board certified health coach who will help you with your goals. So I think I've covered everything. This was a longer episode for sure, but it's one that I get very worked up on. Uh, It's very important because I do see this as a attack, whether it's deliberate or not. I'm going to keep that to myself. That's for you to determine if it's if you think it's deliberate or not. But t- just because I'm talking about this doesn't mean that I'm saying it is deliberate, right? I can still talk about the reality of these things because these are chemicals that are in our food, air, water, and packaging and everything. Like it's undeniable. It's also undeniable, like not only that they're there, but they are causing harms in certain ways. So nothing I've said here is a conspiracy theory. This is all very real. If you disagree with me on anything, I'd love to hear it. Um, and and like I said, hopefully you're as angry as I am because you should be. These companies that present themselves as good, you know, or at least not bad, are doing some pretty bad things. So before I continue to be redundant, I'm just going to end it there. Thanks for listening. Stay healthy and stay awake. <laughs> Let's take another version of Homebrew.